morning and welcome to the Rocks and Roots podcast. We have to go quick because we only have an hour here and now less actually. So we have back our most favorite guest of all, Tina. Tina, this is your third time back on the show. We are so excited to have you. I'm going to let Crank talk about what you did for a moment. Awesome. So Tina, third appearance. Uh, Tina is an accomplished hiker based in New England. You are working on your New England 67, your 52 with a view, um, and your New England 100 highest. But we are not here to talk about any of that today. Not we are that here to talk silly about... East Coast crap. <laughs> no. We are here to talk about something far more epic than that. You completed about a week ago a rim to rim to rim grand canyon hike yes also known as r3 r3 fantastic and uh, we wanted to talk to you about this because we attempted we didn't shoot for rim to rim we our original plan was to go to the bottom and then back out and that did not happen because that is a very badass hike under very rough conditions so we wanted to have you come on and talk about it so what made you decide to do that, first of all? Um, so, first and foremost, thank you guys for having me back. I always uh, love sitting down and chatting with you. I wish one day we'll have to do it in person, for sure. Yes. Uh, that would be fun. Um, but for now, we'll do virtual catch-up, and that's <laughs> fine. Um, but I, I want to thank you guys for having me. And um, I'm happy to be here to talk about the Grand Canyon Room to Room to Room. Um, so I have to rewind. So back a couple of episodes. So for those who don't know, I had breast cancer. I was diagnosed in, um, September of 2021. I had a double mastectomy, um, multiple surgeries thereafter. I'm now cancer free, but, um, when you get a diagnosis like that, I think you tend to want to go live life, right? Like, Big bang, live life. Um, at the time, I was working on the New Hampshire 48, 4,000-footers, um, and the scope of, of everything that I've been working on has been in the Northeast. Um, when I was going, when I was undergoing some, some treatment, some cancer treatment, I was going regularly to get massage therapy at a cancer resource center local to me. And it was at that time, um, you know, she knew I was interested in hiking and she asked a bunch of questions and she asked me, she's like, have you ever hiked out West? And I was like, no, I'd love to at some point, you know, go to Zion or Moab or the Grand Canyon. Um, and then she told me about this, this nonprofit called Project Athena Foundation. So Project Athena Foundation was founded by a woman named Robin Benacasa. So Robin is um, a Guinness Book World Record holder in the sport of paddle boarding. She, wow, is, wow. she is an adventure racer. So, so I don't know if you've heard of Bear Grylls. Yes. Um, Robin was on a show called Eco Challenge, the world's toughest race she did like three or four of those challenges and actually her and her team won um the borneo challenge um 
The reason Robin started the nonprofit is because during her, her heyday and her adventure racing days, she um, was diagnosed with advanced osteoarthritis in her hips. And so she had to have a double hip replacement, multiple hip surgeries, and it kind of like took her out of the game for a bit, right? Like it just kind of, she had a setback. Um, but she came back, she, you know, she's a strong woman, so super strong. Um, and out of this, she, she decided to start this nonprofit to help survivors of um, circumstances like that live their most adventurous dreams, right? Um, so it's, it's primarily women who are the Athenas and their survivors, but um, they're very inclusive and there are male survivors too, and they are called Zeus's. Um, <laughs> I like that. It's primarily, um, Athenas are, are primarily women and it's mostly women who have um, had cancer or some other, you know, setback in their life where it's kind of taken them out of their game and, um, so my, my massage therapist at the Dempsey Center told me about this. So I checked out the nonprofit. I did my homework. Um, I checked out the trips that they had to offer. And they offered this Grand Canyon rim to rim to rim. And I was like, no fucking way. Like, <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what I said when I saw that you did it. Yeah, we were like, like what? She's out there. That's awesome. <laughs> and the good news is they split it up into two days. Okay. But still, even a room yeah. in one day is a very arduous, cumbersome, hot adventure, <laughs> adventure. to say the least. Um, so that's how I heard about it. I signed up. Um, I applied for a grant. So they offer grants to Athena's, and um, and I I was notified within a couple of weeks that I received a grant. And, you know, welcome aboard and bada bing, bada boom, here we go. Here's your training plan. Here's here's information. And like we had monthly calls. Like they were really it was a really um amazing um organization and very well organized. Wow. That that's incredible. Um so from one side to the other is about twenty five miles, if I'm not mistaken, right? Yeah, so we we went South Rim to North Rim on the okay. first. Okay. All right. Um, now, and it was. I'm sorry oh, to sorry. I'm sorry to interrupt you. I just had a quick question. From the time you got the okay letter to the time you left, how long was that span of time to train? Uh, so you get a 20 week training program, okay. and I was notified months in advance of that. So I had plenty of time to um, to apply to like get my bearings to um understand the requirements and then you know start the training program when that started so the training program didn't i think i was notified in february mm -hmm. and the training program didn't start until april oh you have plenty of time yeah <laughs> and you already had a good base on you to begin with i did i already had a really good baseline which helped a lot what um, would you say your like top three training exercises were uh, for the for the plan that they gave us, or just um, for what you do? Yeah, just what you did. What I do. So in general, I mean, I think single leg work, um, 
so squat, um, single leg squats, like um, single leg squats, uh, lunges, single leg lunges, like a lot of single leg stuff because like squats help, regular squats help, but I find that the more single leg work you do, so if one leg gets fatigued, your other leg is strong enough to support that fatigue, right? Um, if you do everything like, you know, like if, if you're constantly working both legs at the same time, you always, everybody has a leg that favors the other and vice versa. Same with your arms. You always have one that's stronger than the other. So training them singularly uh, really helps to build the strength that you need to um, to support fatigue. You are an absolute badass. I've been hitting the gym since January. And if I tried to do a single leg squat right now, I'd fall on my ass. Oh, you're so. No, I'm like talking about like single leg split squat, like a Bulgarian um, okay. squat. Yeah, like Bulgarian. Those are scary. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you're a badass. Yeah. Not like a pistol squat. That's different. Like I can't even do those. Those are scary too. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so 20 weeks, and you had even longer than that yeah. for training. Um, you left from the South Rim. How many people? Uh, so we had, our group was about 18, 18 and 19 with Robin, because Robin hiked with us too, so 19. And there were three Athena, so three survivors. Uh, there was like six staff members and the the rest of the group were all gods and goddesses so they're the fundraisers they're the ones that raise money to help people like me um be able to go on the trip um so yeah so it was a big group um which made things interesting because i'm used to solo hiking as you guys know um so like just hearing people talk all day and it was a it was a little overwhelming at first, um, but day two I settled in and and I think I I got the groove of, you know how to relate to people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I we totally get that. Uh, yeah, we've not been to the South Rim. Was it busy? Um. So both days. Okay. So day one again we hiked south to north. Right. That was about twenty six plus miles. You drop down into the canyon about 4,000 vertical feet. You climb out about 6,000 plus vertical feet to the North Rim. We I've start- done that part. <laughs> we, started, we started at 1.30, 2 o'clock in the morning. Um, so we did not see a soul until we were around Phantom Ranch. Okay. Once we hit Phantom Ranch, uh, we started seeing people. And we were at Phantom Ranch early. We were at Phantom Ranch at like 6.30, 7 o'clock in the morning. So campers were just starting to wake up and they weren't even open to serve lemonade or anything like that yet um, because we got there so early. And then we saw a handful of people um, uh, on the trail throughout the day. Um, but the, mo- the the majority of people we saw were down at Phantom Ranch. Okay. For day two, we hiked from South Rim, sorry, from North Rim back to South Rim. Um, and, uh, oh, day one, just so you know, took us 13 hours, a little over 13 hours. Oh, day wow. two, we hiked from That's South Rim. That's pretty awesome. It was fast. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Especially going up that 6,000 feet. Right. Holy shit. Yeah. Day two, we hiked from south to north. And again, we started at like 2.30 in the morning. Didn't see a soul until we hit 
Um, maybe Cottonwood, I think we saw a couple of people, um, but definitely down at, at Phantom Ranch again. Lemonade stand was open this time, grabbed lemonade, had a quick break, um, got back up to um, uh, North Rim at 13 hours and some change. I'm sorry, 12, 12 hours on day two. That's incredible. So what, when we were there, um, being an East coast hiker, we were blown away by the layers as you go down. Um, so what were your initial impressions coming from the whites to the grand Canyon? Well, so I spent the first three hours in the dark. Yes. (laughs) Well, really didn't get to, um, that's why I'm glad we did rim to rim to rim so that we could see what we missed on day one. Exactly. Um, I didn't really get to see anything until we were already almost down in the the bottom of the canyon. Um, but seeing the sunrise over those big buttes, you know, the, the, I, I hate to call them mountains cause they're not really a mountain. They're kind of like these just big you know, buttes, I guess. Um, seeing the sunrise over those and the colors of, you know, each layer representing years of um, of um, erosion, etc. It, it's absolutely beautiful. It's beautiful. I can't even, it, it felt like I was on a different planet. Um, yeah, exactly. It, it's just I, I've never seen anything as be- that beautiful in my life, and and I love the whites, and and don't get me wrong, green is beautiful, and uh, but it's just different. It's very it's different. Different. Um, the cool thing is, I find that the trails themselves, the footing is a lot easier than the white mountains. <laughs> yes. There's no um, roots and rocks. There's no roots and rocks. There's drink, a drink. lot of mule, there's a lot of mule poop. <laughs> yes, there is. <laughs> There's a lot of uh, dung, and um, and and that's kind of annoying when you're stepping in it in the middle of the night. Uh, oh. um, other than that, though, I found that you know there it's dusty. Um, it's very dry. Everything's very dry. I had to keep putting on like chapstick, and um, it just everything was dry. Um, but the trail conditions themselves were very pleasant in comparison to some of the um, some of the stuff out in the in the White Mountains and in the you know northern Maine Mountains here, um, and so it made things faster, right? So you're able to move faster, um, which is nice. Um, but we, uh, I mean, we kept a pretty average 20, 25 minute mile pace um, pretty much consistently the whole time. Um, even in the afternoons when it got hot and the sun was out, uh, you know, you're going up a lot of switchbacks when you're going up, um, they're, they're arduous, um, and it's hot, um, but you're able to still move your feet so much faster than, um, what I experience here in the Northeast. Speaking of hot, how did you deal with the heat? Yeah. <laughs> okay. So day one wasn't too bad. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it got hot. It was in the 90s, but we had some cloud coverage. You know, the sun kept going in and out of the clouds. We had a breeze all day. Um, and, and even their staff was like, you know, 
count your blessings. You don't get days like this. It was it was actually quite pleasant um, and not too bad. Even in the 90s, um, it wasn't too, too bad. Um, I did experience on day one a little bit of heat, fatigue, and or possibly altitude, mm -hmm. something with... We were we were at about seven thousand feet, and I think the uh, north room sits at a little over eight thousand. Yes. And I think we were around seven thousand feet, and I just started getting like dizzy and headache, and um, and I was hydrated enough, but I just was having some issues, and um, I I was, you know, I don't know, I was just having some issues. I just wasn't feeling well at all. Um, thank God we only had a couple of miles left, um, and I, I needed a little bit of assistance out for those last couple of miles. So, um, and then day two, oh, day two was 110 in the sun. Oh, Jesus. And we were all struggling. We were just marching, which is doing the death march, right? Like, mm -hmm. just keep going keep going and anytime we found shade robin would let us take a break and um you know hydrate and um she had plenty of supplements on hand she had um potassium magnesium uh electrolyte salt you know yep. salt tab and we had all of that too but she had excess um so anytime we were starting to feel kind of eh, she's like yo take this magnesium or take this potassium or you need more water or here drink this lemonade that i put in my in my hydration bladder and um and we we were on a struggle bus in the afternoon for sure um not as many people showed up on day two so we had seven six or seven that dropped out after day one due to issues like ankle issues oh, knee wow. issues yep. um just not not being confident in their body that type of thing because uh, it was a very arduous hike on day one um so we had less people on day two um but i feel like we we moved even faster on day two um and i think that's just because robin just kept us going because of the sun we had it yeah, we had to get, get out there. of yeah yeah you, you can't linger no um so where did you stay on day one um, so, oh boy, let's see if I can remember here. So we stayed, so we went south to north. We stayed at the Red Feather Inn okay. um, on day one and then hiked to the North Rim and we stayed at the North Rim cabins, I think they're called. Yes. <laughs> Those are great. You know, <laughs> yeah, aren't they great? They had some issues though, because on day, day one we found out that phantom ranch um they yelled out to us as we were down there they're like hey there's a no boil order for water so no more water in the canyon and we were like oh shit oh. um so thank god we had gotten some water at um uh not cottonwood but man i always want to call it manachevitz but it starts with an m <laughs> is there remember. wine there there was not. Oh, darn. <laughs> and, too, and I was like, um, but there's another place where we were able to grab some water. So anyway, when we got to the North Rim cabins, um, the restaurant had had shut down because of the no boil the, oh, or the boil order. So it put everything behind and we were trying to figure out how to get food. And then, of course, everything is like an hour away. Yeah. <laughs> So we ended up not getting dinner until like the Project Athena Foundation. They were so awesome. They 
they got takeout for us like an hour away. So we didn't get dinner till like 10 o'clock at night. <gasps> And then you had uh, to leave early the next morning. We had to be up at midnight. Oh. To, to, so it was like 12.30, 1 o'clock, I think, something like that. So we got a couple hours of sleep um, and then met the shuttle the next morning and then hiked back and then stayed at the Red Feather again. And then the next day um, they took us to Scottsdale to a resort and we just hung out by Camelback Mountain, this beautiful resort um and just hung out in the pool all day so it was really cool um but yeah uh, the the north rim cabins are really nice um with the exception of they didn't really have food you could get it in yeah. the box there like they were like oh we're serving pizza, pizza. That they, yeah <laughs> yeah and I'm, I'm like that okay. pizza is really good by the way <laughs> I, have not, I have not had it i had a i had a burger at 10 o'clock at night <laughs> Uh, but the place is nice. I, and there was a lot of tourists there. We watched the sun go down. And, you know, it was beautiful um, at those cabins, for sure. But we, as a group so big, we were such a big group, we really didn't have a lot of time to do, you know, individual exploring. It was kind of like right. everything we planned. Exactly. And it's like a tour here. group. Yeah. yeah. Um, um, but, yeah, we did have a few hours to spend and, and just kind of chillax there, which was nice. Now, we were. Go ahead. I was going to say we were pleasantly surprised. The North Rim, especially if you go away from the canyon, if we squinted, it felt like being at home because the elevation is so high. You have actual forest. Yeah, yeah, which was nice. Um, versus the other side, the South Rim, which is a little lower and not as many trees. Okay. <laughs> More deserty. Um, yeah, more deserty for sure. Yeah. Now, when you when you got back to the South Rim, um, yeah, what was your? You just went right to the hotel afterwards, just to cool off, and they gave us. Um, they actually had a nice setup for us there. They had brought food, uh, ice cold beverages. Um, I I don't think I've I've had Coca Cola in years, and I was downing it like it was like water. Um, it was like the best thing I ever tasted in my life was Coca Cola for because it was so hot and just so. Yep. Oh, day two was so arduous. Um, so they gave us a nice little spread, and Robin handed out like um, medals to everybody, and um, it was just a nice time. And then we went back to the Red Feather Inn. And by that time, it was um, probably like 7 o'clock. And it was like, I just wanted to go to bed. Pass I just wanted out. to shower yep. and go to bed because I hadn't really slept much. Um, so got a few more hours of sleep. We had to get up at 7 a.m., meet for breakfast, and then we were off to Scottsdale. Um, so what? So when we went, uh, Tumbles was a lot smarter than I was. And you bailed out after the first <laughs> mile. You're like, I'm not sure about this. I kept going from the North Rim. I went about six miles down. So I, did have to I that. made it. That was it. Oh, you, so you would know where the bridge is right as you're starting to ascend the North Rim. Like fully ascend. Dancing bridge? Is that the only bridge? Oh. I called it the dancing bridge. Like the soup. I think the supine past this. I don't know. I can't remember the name. There's like. We crossed like three bridges. Okay, oh, so you're crossing the river down there. 
Um, yeah, it was like three miles from the top, basically. And that, that, that probably the last bridge for you, that was it. I think that's the, that's what we called the dancing bridge. Okay. I don't know if it's actually called that right. or not, um, but I know what you're talking about. Robin made us all dance across it. Like, <laughs> come on. <laughs> well, you're almost done at that point. Yeah. Yeah, I remember. Because I remember I was feeling okay across that bridge. And then it was a little while after that bridge yes. where I, bonked, I bonked really hard. And I was in the hole. I just, I, um, I struggled. And my, my, my trail tale that I'll tell you has to do with that bonking and kind of visions that I saw. Oh, well, why don't we get to that? But I, I can't identify with you fully because you did a hell of a lot more miles in there than we did. But like I said, about six miles down, I turned around and I felt okay. I was like, I better turn around because time, um, I don't want to be getting back in the dark and tumbles is up top. So I turned around and I didn't realize it's very deceptive. I didn't realize how bad I was until after that bridge and then that's right where you started having problems that's exactly where and i actually had to call my wife which she did not appreciate and i was like i'm struggling i'm in the grand canyon i'm struggling stay on the phone with me and just keep talking to me um yeah yeah Yeah. not appreciate that the the vertical is very deceptive because you're doing switchbacks right so you're like oh easy peasy switchback switchback but at the same time, you're gaining this elevation in um, altitude, right? So you're at an altitude. Like I'm not, yeah, I've climbed Mount Washington, so I, I've been 6,000 feet, right? Uh, and I'm thinking, yeah, it's only another 1,000, 2,000 feet of, of altitude. But when it's hot yep. um, and, and you have sun directly beating on you and there's no breeze because you're blocked by canyon walls basically um it can it can get it can go from zero to a hundred pretty quick and you're all of a sudden bonking or in the hole and figuring out how am i going to get out of this place now um and you got to just keep going like there's a bunch of signs in there that says um down is optional, up is mandatory. Something exactly. like that. Like, you have to go up. You have to. You can't, like, hang out in the canyon, obviously. Um, Did you find she... Bobby Brady? I don't know. Who's Bobby Brady? <laughs> oh, Bobby Brady from the Brady the Bunch? The Brady Bunch. Yes. <laughs> so there is a Brady Bunch episode, and we watched this before we started our Grand Canyon hike, where um, Bobby and what's his, Cindy? Yeah get lost in the bottom of the Grand Canyon. And it's really cheesy and it's really bad bad. sets and it looks nothing like the Grand Canyon. But, um, um, so you did not find him. I did not find Bobby. (laughs) Damn it. Okay. (laughs) Still lost. (laughs) All right. So tell us about your visions and your trail tale then. Okay. So, um, so again, day one, um, you know, we had like, probably two miles left to go, maybe two and a half miles left to go. And um, Robin kept putting things in perspective of hours. Like she made me lead the group once we started ascending. And I was like, what? Like I'm the slowest hiker ever. Why would you want me to lead? And I think she liked my pace and wanted the group to kind of slow down um, to that pace because obviously we're in the hot sun um we've got to you know be consistent uh we've got to just keep moving 
and I, I can move all day long. I can, I'll hike all day long as long as it's at my pace. Um, so anyway, um, we passed that dancing bridge. We walk a little bit more and then all of a sudden I, I'm just not feeling good. And, um, that the, the mule poop and the heat and the, everything just started, like I started getting nauseous. Keep, I heard people behind me going like, we've got to get through this faster. Like the, oh, the mule, that. the mule poop was just making people like sick to their stomach. And as soon as I heard someone say, we've got to get through this faster. I just kind of like, I just shut down. I was like, Nope. Yeah. I'm done leading. I'm done. Yeah. I'm done. And I kind of went off to the side and I just told everybody to pass me. And of course, everybody's like, are you okay? Is everything okay? Is everything? And I'm like, I'm fine. I just need, I, I need more I just, time to I need to like acclimate. I'm not having a good experience right now. I'm, I'm not feeling good. And, um, now's not my happy joy moment where I'm, you know, chatting Kathy. <laughs> um, so anyway, the staff, uh, Robin had probably five or six staff members, um, and they are used to these adventures and she was an adventure racer. Um, so she, she talked to me and she's like, we're going to put you on a love line. And I'm like, what is a love line? So basically, um, uh, there's this guy in the back. His name is Blaine Reeves. He's an amazing athlete and they call him the Reaper. So the Reaper took my pack. He always stays in the back. He always stays in the back. Like if you go pee, if you need to do your business on trail, Reaper's right there to make sure that, you know, you, you're done and you get going. Right. He is the last man to make sure everybody is in front of him. Um, and he'll talk you out of some dark moments too. He's an amazing man. He had just finished, I think, the um, the Badlands 135 a couple weeks ago. Badwater. Oh. Badwater. Whatever That's it is. insane. Yeah. Yeah. Like, he, he's an amazing athlete. He won, like, an Army Ranger award years ago and oh, I mean, the guy is just amazing but anyway so she's like reaper's gonna take your pack and, and we're gonna put you on a love line and so basically a love line they wrapped a like a almost like a bungee cord around my waist and attached it to the back of um one of the 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 staff members pack and so it gives you a little bit of a like you know, just a little bit of a, a extra pull. assistance. Yeah. Like, it's, like, it's almost like my dog pulling me, right, when I take yep. my dog out on hikes. And, of course, I'm fighting it the whole time. Like, I don't need to be attached to anything. I am fine. I just need a minute. <laughs> they were having none of that. They were like, we're, we just got to keep moving here. Just do it, <laughs> basically. Um, so I did, and... Um, so for about a mile and a half or so, they had me attached to this love line. Um, at some point in time, I started getting a little like, now I'm really thirsty and Blaine's got my pack. Reaper's got my pack. So I can't even get a drink because he's in the back. And I'm like, I'm kind of thirsty. And I'm just kind of like, Ooh. and these mules start coming down the trail. And, um, Danny, the guy who's got me on the love line is like, Oh, step aside. You know, the mules are coming through or whatever. And I have a video of it and I can hear my breathing in it. I'm like, <sighs> I'm like breathing heavy. And they're like, that's altitude. You're having some altitude. Yeah. Issues. Yeah. 
Um, long story short, when the first mule came down, I got my phone out and I'm like, oh my God, look, a bear. <laughs> and I'm taking video of what I think is a bear. And it's a mule. <laughs> and it took me a minute to process that. And it was like, you know, once I processed it, like they were like, no, Tina, that's a mule. And I was like, oh, okay. And my brain just wasn't, um, it was in a foggy Yeah, you were in a fog. I've never had that happen to me before. Um, it was just really weird. And then at some point in time, we were close to the rim and Robin came and unhooked me and she's like, okay, go, like, go on up and, you know, lead the way or whatever. And I was still kind of in a fog and, and I was like, okay. And, you know, um, I think I ended up being, I stayed behind a couple of the other Athenas because I didn't want to be out front at that point in time because I was struggling so badly and I didn't want to see people, like, I didn't want people to see me struggling. You know what I mean? I didn't, I, and I told them um, when we had our celebration on day two, when we all had to go around and, and say something, um, one of the first things I said to them was, you guys were all on day one, like, you got this, come on, you got this, go Tina, go, you got this. And I said, and all I could think of was when I had cancer and everybody kept saying, you got this, you got and, and it made me feel like everybody was pitying me. Right. Um, and, and I didn't want to show my weakness or vulnerability. Like I wanted to show how strong I was and that I could do this hike on my own. I'm like, right. I've done like way harder stuff. And I'm, but at the same time, I was so in denial with where my body was at at that moment in time. And I was suffering from some heat issues, some exhaustion, some altitude sickness, a little bit of everything. And, and granted, it was only for a couple of miles, but it felt like it was for 10. For 10 you know yeah. what I mean? Um, and I tried to hide it. And what I learned out of all of it is, you know, your body can only take you so far and your mind um, usually is the first to, to, to kind of mess with you. Um, and when your body starts to give out like that, like it's okay to rely on your friends, the people who are trying to help you um, and, and know that they weren't pitying me, although I saw it as that at the moment in time. Um, but just a lot of um, trauma from the cancer came yep. up and and it really messed with my head and I was in a pretty dark place for about an hour or so of that hike. So, so that's mean, kind of my if, if you were in like the pain cave, basic pain cave for like an hour, that is not bad at all. At yeah, all. yeah, it's not too bad at all. Um, and then day two, um, you know, totally different experience uh you know we were all hot we were all dying out there um uh but you know just slow and steady and and kept chugging along and day two was a different experience i didn't have to like i didn't experience the um i didn't get in the hole i didn't like like day one just i don't know what it was but maybe lack of sleep i don't know but um once that sun starts hitting you weird stuff starts to happen it's a big change going from new hampshire into arizona um and then i'm amazed that you recovered so quickly 
So just a good night's sleep, rehydrate, um, and that's fantastic that you were good to go for the next day. I got enough to suffice. I wasn't even sure I was going to do day two. Um, I was talking to my roommate about it. She she did not go day two, and she was like, are you going to go? And I said, I better set some criteria because my mental block is going to say no because I'm tired and exhausted, and I, I had a last two miles that were crappy, but I had a good day overall. Like I had to, I had to turn my mind off and I had to set criteria to the next day. And I was like, okay, I'm going to set my alarm. I'm going to pack my pack. I'm going to get everything ready. My criteria is if I wake up at 1.30 a.m., I think it was 1, 1 a.m. If I wake up at 1 a.m. and my body doesn't hurt other than my feet, my feet were sore, but that's okay. I know, I know how that goes. If my body doesn't hurt, I'm going. That was my criteria. Awesome. So I got up. My body did not hurt. Amazing. And even in the van, I was like, what the hell am I doing? Am I going <laughs> to do this again? But I knew, I knew the first 14 miles or so were going to be easy. easy. Yep. Because downhill, and that's my jam. I love downhill. I, I knew it was going to be cool. I knew once we got to Phantom Ranch that you got some rolling hills for like another five miles. So I knew that like almost, almost 20 miles of this hike is relatively easy in my opinion. It's when you're climbing out in the sun and it's hot for like seven, eight miles or so that you're like regretting your decision. Um, and like I said, on day one, I really didn't have any issues until almost you know, it was two and a half miles left. So um, I was like, okay, I, you know, if I have three bad miles, I have three bad miles. And you know what to and, expect the second day, really. Right. And if I have, you know, 20 good miles and three bad or whatever, hey, it is what it is, right? At least I got 20 good miles. Um, and so day two, um, again, I, I made sure I slowed my pace a little bit more. I... Um, I didn't, um, like try to overextend myself, um, and things worked out. What pack did you use and what was your, your shoes? What gear did you have? Oh, sure. Gear. Um, so gear, um, I swear by ultimate direction. Their packs are amazing. Um, I think the pack I brought with me is the 20 fast pack. Okay. Uh, it's a 20 liter. Um, I love it because it's got a lot of front pockets to put snacks and stuff in. Um, so I used that pack, even though they recommended, like they were recommending that we pack light and do like a 15 liter pack or less. I was like, you know what? I like this 20 liter mm -hmm. and I can you know, fold it up. And, yep. um, and that worked out well for me. Um, shoes, I brought two different kinds of shoes. So day one, I started in my Hoka Speedco 5s. And on day two, I wore my Solomons. Um, I think those are Speed Cross or something like that. So I wore my Solomons on day two because day one shoes smelled like donkey poo. There you go. But you did yourself a disservice. You said, well, I forget what I was listening to, but they had a really good point. It's like, well... Give your shoes like a few hours so they can refoam themselves. Yeah. So it was a yeah. good idea that you brought a second yeah. pair. 
Yeah, because I didn't want blisters or anything like that. Yep. And they were, they were all wet because I hosed them off because of the poo. And I was just like, you know what, I'm not bothering with these shoes. So I had my Solomons. And then hiking poles, I swear by the Black Diamond Z poles. Um, they're a saver. They're a lifesaver on the downhill. Um, even the uphill, but on the downs especially, you know, it saves your knees and saves your quads mm-hmm. by utilizing those poles to help um, with the descent. Um, and then, uh, of course, you know, no pants, just shorts and, and anything wicking because you do sweat a lot. Um, I swear by using buffs, you know, around my head. I put a buff around my, my wrist for when my nose starts running because it always good does. Good idea. Um, yeah, it comes in handy. Um, so other than that, there was nothing special for gear requirements because they didn't want us packing heavy. Mm-hmm. The, the crew packed the, the first aid kits, things like that. They wanted us just to pack food and water, like okay. food and water. And nutrition, um, just as a side note, is very hard when you are in the heat. And you don't want to eat. You don't want to eat, so liquid calories is key. I um, use Tailwind Nutrition. Yep. Um, Tailwind great. has 200 calories per serving, so I kept Tailwind in my bladder. And then um, I carry two Nalgene's, and one of them had um, Element, which is like a, a salt replenishment. Yep. Um, I used Element, and then I had one with just plain old water in it. Um, and so just kept, you know, mixing up hydration from that aspect. Um, and then on day two, like I said, Robin bought six cups of lemonade at the Phantom Ranch and put it in her bladder, one of her bladders. And so I kept sipping off that too. I was like, oh, come here. I need some of that lemonade. <laughs> um, but yeah, hydration and eating is, is a big one. I don't, I think a lot of people were in calorie deficits and that, um, I'm contributed sure. to a lot of people needing help with love lines um uh day one and day two it's hard to eat when you're hot and you're just moving and um you know i was eating goldfish i remember eating some goldfish and they're just so dry and you're like like yeah well and i tried different things and gels and goos in my opinion just make you gassy and um so liquid nutrition if possible that's the way um, to go yeah that's the way to go Okay. I, I remember where I heard that about the foam. Uh, on their most recent um, 46 of 46 podcast, he was uh, James was interviewing a chick that did one of the traverses, an insane like 56-mile traverse over 13 peaks, whatever. It was nuts. <laughs> she did it, though. But um, along with the, the shoes, she was talking about nutrition as well. And while this, okay, while this um, probably wouldn't do well at all, at the Grand Canyon and other places, I think it's a great idea. She's like, her number one food item is pierogies. Oh. Cold pierogies. Because okay. you, ha- you have, it's it's like a comfort food, but it's packed yep. with fat and, and yep. carbs and everything. It's yep. like, all right, hey. I, um, I actually bought a bunch of baby food and just, you know, easy to digest and suck, you just suck it in. Yes. I was eating baby food pouches mm-hmm. and um, uh, snacks like um, protein balls, things like that, like whatever was easy and fast. Right, exactly. We could eat more in the morning when we were going down and where it was cool. But when it got hot, 
I'm going to tell you right now. I couldn't. And they they kept telling me, like everybody, they kept telling us, you got to eat, you got to eat. Yeah. And I'm like, I just can't. It was just so hot. Oh. Um, so liquid calories definitely um, did the trick for sure. Thank God. Thank God we have that. Tailwind is a fantastic source. And, you know, yeah. um, if, you, if you can't find Tailwind, it's like the biggest, like, hydration pack you can find. Yeah. It's exactly. huge. And you have two, yeah. you have uh, 200 calories, like you said, of, yeah. of nutrition there. So highly yeah. recommend Tailwind. Yeah. All right. Crank had to jump off, but... Uh, Stand by. Let's see what he has to say for himself. All right. He said he had to take that phone call. Anyway. <laughs> they kept calling. Uh, they, they did. All right. So, um, yeah, I have, we have, we still have minutes. Um, what do you have planned next? So I'm still working on the New England 67 list. Yes. I have 10 out of 67. Okay. Um, 10 left. So oh, 10 I left. Finished, Yay. Yeah. So I'm going to finish up um, a few more of those before winter season mm-hmm. um, and then finish up next year in Baxter State Park. Um, I've done Katahdin, but I haven't done um, Hamlin Peak and I have that left and North Brother. Okay. So I'll do those next summer Right. Um, when I can get out there and do some camping. Um, I'm looking into right now. I'd love to do um, a a adventure trip or some kind of a. I saw vacation races um, yes. in Iceland. I, I'm wow. looking at that for 2024. Oh, that sounds go, great. Everything you got to run, like they do a 5K or a 10K or a 12K, or so every day you have a run. But then after that, you 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 know get to explore wherever area you're in. Um, and so I'm checking into that right now because um, I really want to go to Iceland and, and I wanted to hike. But I was like, you know what? This little running, like I could do a 5K. Mm-hmm. I could do a 7K. Like, yeah. You know, and they, and their minimum requirement is you've got to do a 20-minute mile pace. I'm like, okay, so that's, that's one walking. walking. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> oh, man, that sounds fantastic. Yeah. So I'm checking into that right now for 2024. Um, and then, like I said, finishing up the New England 67, um, I, I've really just been hiking at leisure other than this Grand Canyon trip. Um, you know, like I said, I've been picking away at the New England 67, the main peaks. Um, but other than that, like I went up to Mount Adams and Madison again this year. Um, that's like my third time on Adams. Um, I've done walking. Um, I do not take the airline trail. I take Valley Way. Valley Way. I take Valley Way and then I, I scoot around Gulfside. So mm-hmm. I go the back way along Gulfside Trail because I, I like the views there and I don't want to trash my legs early on. Um, and that gives me more, in, it's easier footing in my opinion. Mm-hmm. And um, it, it gives me the extra leg leg strength that I need to get up Adams, get up that summit cone. Right. Um, so I go Gulfside to Lowe's Path. Okay. And it's gentler. It's much gentler. Oh. Um, I'm taking notes. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So, take Valley Way, go to Gulfside, then go to Lowe's Path. It's a little longer. I think it's a mile and a half longer, but so worth it from a footing perspective. Cool. Um, 
so I did that over the summer and I've done a bunch of other like repeats on the, on the New Hampshire 48, mm -hmm. um, just visiting the peaks that I love. Um, so I, you know, I stay out there and I stay active and busy. Um, uh, but the, you know, the list stuff is, is coming along, but it's not like once I finished the 48, I was like, okay, I can scale back a little mm -hmm. and let's start looking at some bigger and better adventures. And so, um, so yeah, so I'm hoping that, um, I may have to change my Instagram handle. So, uh, my Instagram handle is Tina Treks, T-R-E-K-S-N-E for New England. New England. Uh, um, but I really would like to trek the world all over. Yes. <laughs> Tina Treks the world. I like that. Um, so yeah, so I can be found on Instagram if anybody cares to follow along. Um, you'll see a lot of hiking videos, and then I'm also um, into baking my own sourdough breads. So on occasion, I'll share my sourdough recipes and or bread baking skills. And then um, I've found solace in gardening and growing um, my own medicinal plants. Um, like right now I've got an amazing calendula garden oh, and calendula ooh. is, um, is a, a great healing plant and I'm making salves out of the calendula that I can donate to, um, the local cancer center for people who are undergoing radiation therapy. Oh, that's amazing. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah. It's a Good healing plant. So so that's kind of some of what I share on my Instagram page. Um, Plus, occasionally you'll have workout stuff on there. Occasionally I'll, I'll climb some rock walls or deadlift 300 pounds or... Beast, <laughs> I swear. Crazy, do some other crazy stuff at True Strength Athletics in Norway, Maine. Give a shout out to Jesse Wall and his gym. Um, it, it's an amazing community of people and... Um, if I hadn't found True Strength Athletics, I don't think I ever would have found this lifestyle that I am so passionate about now. So shout out to Jesse and True Strength Athletics. Well, we will definitely put that in the show notes, as well as your Instagram handle and as well as Project Athena, which sounds like an yeah, amazing, amazing organization. Yeah. Amazing organization. Yeah. That's amazing. Well, congratulations, Tina. That is wonderful. Mm -hmm. And for all the people that don't wish Tina a congratulations on the Insta for this, please do so. She deserves yes. it. <laughs> so, yes, wonderful, Thank wonderful you. job. Thank you. All right, Crank, okay. anything else? I think that's it. I had to step out, so I think you covered everything. Thank you for filling in. All right. So to find us, um, find Crank doing his crank thing on our Insta and our TikTok, rocks underscore and underscore roots underscore pod on the gram, and then rocks underscore roots underscore podcast on the TikToks. You can email us. I haven't checked in a while, so maybe don't. Maybe just DM us. That's a great idea. All righty, yes. folks. This has been great. Thank you, Tina. Lovely to see you as always, and looking forward to part four sooner than later. All right, folks, that's ciao.